Hey, as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. Joining us now on 710KURV to talk about what's going to happen now. With the writer's strike. Oh, boy. And this one is for uh, Davis Rankin as my gift to him for uh, carrying the show yesterday as I was out. Joining us on 710 KURV, Brent Hinvidic. Is that is that uh, how you pronounce that name? Uh, your name? Uh, veteran TV producer joins us now on your 956 Drive Home. Yeah, you got it perfect. Thank you. Yeah. I, listen, I have been on a, on, a, on a bad streak today about mispronouncing everything, so I'm just really glad I got your name right. So tell us what you do, uh, um, Brant. Uh, yeah, I'm a TV producer for years and years, uh, writer, film director. So I'm a consultant, so I know the industry really, really well for the last 20 years. Can you give us an idea of some of your works? Yeah, so I, I did a lot of reality shows when the first strike happened. I moved over into reality, so I did things like The Biggest Loser, things like Extreme Makeover, Bar Rescue, Master Chef, stuff like that. So, and then across the board, I've been on other sides of the camera. I've been at a studio at Sony. I was at the TLC network running the network and programming. So been around on both sides of it for quite a while. Directed two wow. pretty good feature length documentaries. So, you know, I've, I've been inside. What, what is the, what is the day of a writer like? Give us, you know, what time y'all wake up and what, what do y'all do during the day before you go back to sleep? <laughs> well, it's the, you know, the problem of a writer is it's like, be, be creative on demand, right? Very difficult to do. So it's a little bit of that searching for inspiration and finding things in your normal day to try to entertain yourself until you can have some, some, that burst of creativity. And then if you're part of a team, it's more like forced creativity where it's, it means that your bosses or the teams that be are like create something now. And so you basically bang your head against the wall until you create, come with, up with something creative. Joining us on 710-KURV is Brant Pinvidic, veteran TV producer, our guest on your 956 Drive Home. Go ahead, Davis, with your question. Well, I just think it's hard to be, it's hard to be uh, productive and creative when, you're, when, you have, when your brain's jiggling all the time from beating against the wall. But um, <laughs> uh, what, what's the issue? Why are the writers on strike? And who is a member? I mean, generally speaking, who is a member of the Writers Guild? So it's professional writers in the TV and film industry um, make up that guild. And the real core of the issue is the entire world wants to treat writers like a gig economy, right? I want to hire you to do one project and then I'll hire you again when the next project comes along, right? That's the structure of the way studios make films, the way they make television. And writers, on the other hand, in that industry wants to be treated like employees with job security and sort of guaranteed pay. And so they're very opposed for the last many, many years, you know, they've been kind of working together, but as the streaming networks and the sort of like the bifurcation of all things 
entertainment, it's been a lot harder economically for all the studios, all the television networks to sort of keep that up. So it's a fight for job security and it's a fight for financial sort of responsibility. Uh, I have a friend who uh, has been a screenwriter for years and he said, I said at one point, maybe 30 years ago, you could make a living writing scripts that got bought. They may never got produced, but you, you made a decent living. And he said the entire industry changed. This was, I don't know, 15, yeah. 20 years ago, um, yeah. where that's not true any longer. What's happened to, to the business such that it's affected writers that way? Well, it, there's so much more content out there. And the studios are, do not have the inflow of cash and guaranteed success. It used to be when there were four networks, every network could guarantee three successes each year, minimum, because they knew just the number of time slots and there's no competition. Now you can take a network like ABC and they may not have a hit drama on their air for four years. They may never have another one. And so the economics don't work the same where you can throw the cash around, secure the projects and hope for the best now it is a sort of it is they are definitely in survival mode and that has trickled down and makes the writer's job as an overarching just you know right for a living much more difficult well let me ask one more question before i before zach takes it back from me well i'll tell you what you can continue asking if you let me reintroduce the guest brant pinvidic is a veteran tv producer award-winning film director joining us on your 956 trifle go ahead davy this is my gift to you remember yes it is and i and i appreciate the gift there uh, there's a, a lot of good product uh, to watch, and and I guess there's a lot of mediocre product as always. Uh, how do, given the precariousness of a writer's life, how do they get that good stuff? It would seem to me that it would be better if they set up a factory system. I mean, I know that sounds like going back to the the old studio days, where they had people hired to produce to produce stuff. Um, that that would be that would be better for the for the producers and the money makers. Does that make any sense? Yeah, you know the problem is is there's just no version of that that works at this level. And if you look oh. at the history of this industry, it's all still been focused around Hollywood for the most part and a little bit of New York. And it's because there just aren't that many writers in the world that can do it at a high enough level to provide the 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 public with the entertainment level that they demand and so these writers that that command you know very large salaries for what they do it's because there's no way to replace them there's nothing you can do uh, on a junior level you can't train someone to do this at the highest level you know all the big shows any show that anybody here would recognize the name of has been written by a superstar and that skill is so hard to come by that that gives the, the you know all the writers are leveraging off that issue is that without the writer and without what they write yeah. being really good no one in this industry has a job but don't the don't the people up the food chain well let's see that gives that away my writer friend says everybody thinks they can be a writer everybody thinks they can do that job so there's not the respect he thinks that the writers the creative fonts deserve what do you think i mean he He's not wrong in some ways. The problem is, and there's a saying in our industry, you know, good in the room, bad on the page, right? Which means if you go in and you can pitch and you're dynamic and you can hold the conversations and you are sort of an executive style interaction, that means you probably don't write well. And <laughs> bad in the room, great on the page, right? If you are 
have, you know, personality, not quite there, a little bit on the spectrum. Sometimes those people are the greatest writers on the page you've ever read, right? And so, ironically, people who are incredibly business-oriented really understand the dynamics of the, of the operation of a company and be able to write at a high level. Those people almost don't exist. So it's a symbiotic relationship between the business and the structure of Hollywood and these wildly creative people that can pour out you know, episode after episode of gripping television. It's just very hard to find that, that medium. Brent Pinvidic is a veteran TV producer and award-winning film director joining us on your 956 Drive Home. I, I have the question that's uh, kind of creeping up on everybody. A lot of people have been kind of concerned about this. Uh, chat, GPT, and AI, do, do, do writers see that as a threat in the future? You know, it's a little bit of a red herring. It's not really a threat. Um, again, the skill level required at, the, at what you need in the American television system to be successful is not something that AI, it may never get to that level, right? There are some revisions and some proofreading and some copyright. There's a lot of stuff that AI will be able to deal with. And so I think that it's one of those issues that they use as sort of a talking point, most likely to give in later and get more on the other side. I don't think there's a lot of concern at a high level that AI will be able to replace what the writers do. I mean, it's just, there's only a so few people in the world that can do it. What advice do you have for any young writers that might be listening about getting into the business? <laughs> Find another business. <laughs> no, I was going to say go to law school. Go to law school. It's, Listen, there's a, there's a, again, another saying we say, you're 90 pages away from changing your life, which is true. It's just, it, you know, I, here's the thing. I direct a film every year and I'm a very good writer. I don't write my own stuff because good writing doesn't make it. You need great. And I, like, I can't write a great script. I can write a good script. And so the bar is very, very high. And so it's really difficult to do. You have to be absolutely prolific and write like crazy if you're going to do it. You know, the big thing here is I don't think this strike will last long. The damage that it could cause to the industry is too risky. You know, last last strike, it, it birthed the reality TV, TV industry, which happened to bolster a lot of what television and film did. But this could bolster a completely different industry of entertainment. And right now, the access to entertainment that the general public has, you do not want to steer them away from television and film. So I doubt that either group will allow that to happen because the risk of extension to both of them is so high. So a lot of posturing, maybe 30, 60 days until we get to the point where we might see interruptions in, pro in programming, and then I think they'll probably come up to some acceptance. It, it says here in your bio that you are the, the, the host of a podcast. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I host a podcast called Why I'm Not, where I explore various interesting ideas and things that people do that I don't understand. And so I, I've had a pretty good run with that, looking at, you know, big popular pop culture items that I just don't get. And so I try to get to the center of it. So have a little fun with that. That sounds fascinating. Hey, thanks a lot for joining us here. Davey, did you have something to say? No, I see he talked to Rob Lowe, who's one of my favorites. So I was going to ask him, yeah. tell me about Rob Lowe, but I guess we don't have time. <laughs> uh, listen, he's one of the greats. He is absolutely one of the greats. All right. Brant Pinvidic, thanks a lot for Thank joining you. us. Uh, veteran TV producer, award-winning film director, joining us on Newstalk 710 KURV. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on Newstalk 710 KURV and KURV.com.
as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. We've been talking a lot today, well, we've been talking a lot in the past several weeks about Title 42 expiring and uh, what's going to happen after that. Meanwhile, what are they doing across the border in Mexico with the cartels? Joining us on 710KURV from Breitbart, Texas, Adelfonso Poncho Ortiz joins us now. What's the what's the latest on the, the cartel chronicles, Poncho? Well, sadly, the Gulf cartel went to war. You have the Matamoros faction and the Reynosa faction that they basically went to war uh, late last week. And ever since then, you've had daily shootouts uh, near Matamoros, between Matamoros and San Fernando, near Rio Bravo, in the outskirts of Reynosa. They pretty much have been fighting uh, since then. There's been blockades in Reynosa, blockades in Matamoros. Um, sadly, this is it, it has a sort of escalated because it's not just the Gulf Cartel from Matamoros and the Gulf Cartel from Reynosa, but... You have uh, a faction of Los Zetas called Old School Zetas that are in San Fernando that they used to be allies of the Matamoros faction. Now they switch sides. They're helping the Reynosa faction fight the Matamoros faction. And then the icing on the cake is that there's been several armored SUVs that have popped up on these shootouts that have the letters Cartel Jalisco New Generation. Basically, they have jumped in in the fight and they're actually they're allegedly helping the Gulf Cartel from Reynosa take on Matamoros. Uh, so this, uh, we're seeing once again convoys of 15, 20, 30 trucks uh, driving up and down the highway clashing with rivals. That's the, most of the fighting has taken place in the outskirts in the, of the city, in the rural areas. Not, not, no heavy fighting inside of the cities yet. But that could change at any moment. So, you know, not surprising, Mexican authorities have really not done much to stop the fighting. They've basically just been showing up after the fighting to clean up, remove the blockades and everything, and then, you know, say, oh, it's only been this or it's only been that. AMLO's government has basically denied that any of this is happening. They've said, no, there's no, no blockades. The, Tamaulipas is safe. The current governor of Tamaulipas is saying things are great, things are safe, everything it's everything is a uh, a media campaign to make us look bad. Well, that, that's you, Poncho. <laughs> He's talking about you, right? Breitbart, Breitbart. Well, not only me, but uh, you know, uh, other outlets in Mexico that have yeah. been reporting on this, you know. Not the local ones, because the local ones actually, um, the, the the government has power over them, but I'm talking about the national news outlets like yeah. uh, Reforma, TV uh, Azteca, Milenio. Um, they've been reporting on this also, you know, as, as much as they can, and it's basically 
you know, Mexico is denying yeah. this. And then if you look at the most recent story, they were, you know, the head of Mexico's army was saying, no, things are great. There's no blockades and everything. But then two hours later, he deploys 700 soldiers to the Matamoros area to restore the peace. Why do you think joining they, us on 710 sorry. KURV is Alfonso Poncho Ortiz with Breitbart, Texas, and we're getting an idea of what's happening across the border in the days leading up to Title 42. Now, you've been talking about the, the main drug cartels are, are fighting and posturing and fighting over uh, it, its territory and, and pathing to the to the border. Is that what this is about? Just uh, all these migrants are coming across and it's just territorial? No, it's uh, drugs, uh, migrants, extortion, kidnapping, basically the control of the entire region. Um, so it, it's more than just Title 42. It, it, it's actually basically everything that goes with the territory because you have to remember that the Gulf Cartel, they basically have an alternate government. They have as much or more power than the actual government does inside of the city. So that's what they're, they're fighting over, control of those areas. Um, you know, and, and sadly, um, uh, you know, during the previous administration, the state police was actually fighting them head on uh, in a way the military and the federal police were not fighting the cartels because AMLO's strategy of hugs, not bullets. Now the new governor, the current governor, he's actually of the same party as uh, Mexico's president AMLO. So they're applying the whole hugs, not bullets. So now there's nobody stopping these cartels from clashing, shooting it out and everything. This has basically uh, caused the cities to come to a standstill. Matamoros is deserted right now. So people that like to cross, go back and forth, I mean, they should really reconsider crossing right now, at least in the next couple of, of days, maybe weeks, because it's going to, this is just the beginning. This is barely starting. You said they, uh, everybody's gone from at the models? Well, people, uh, schools are at half uh, of their capacity right now. They're 50% uh, of attendance at schools today. Yesterday, they canceled uh, all afternoon classes. Uh, the courts were closed. Government offices were closed. So, And it was because of all the blockades and everything that took place. So today, people fearing that the same thing would happen basically just didn't show up to work, didn't go to school. So the stores were empty, and that, that sort of gives you an idea of what's been going on. Joining us on 710-KURV is Alfonso Poncho Ortiz from Breitbart, Texas. We're talking about cartel movement in the days leading up to Title 42 and its expiration. Davis Rankin, your question. Go ahead. Assuming that 42 does go away on uh, next Thursday, May the 11th, assuming there's no change of heart by the administration, whatever, um, it's expected that they are going to come piling across the border or come across and you know, they're going to come across one way or the other. Uh, and they're staffing up at Brownsville, which I'm not sure why, uh, number one. Number two, do you know what or do you speculate what the cartels are going to do when 11 goes away and we have this mass of people coming north and all kinds of people on this side of the border? Well, the problem is that since they're busy fighting right now, uh, I think the whole Title 42 thing, is, it's uh, secondary at this point as far okay. as the cartel goes. Uh, right now, they're they were they were staffing Brownsville 
because Matamoros was seeing huge numbers of uh, Venezuelans and uh, Cubans and Haitians mm -hmm. that were coming trying to claim asylum, especially the Venezuelans, because they were not they were being sent back. So they actually were waiting to be able to cross and claim asylum and stay. That was the, the main issue. That's why Matamoros was, was seeing uh, a huge increase. Uh, if you look at some of our other stories, not this weekend, but the previous weekend, uh, there were about 21,000 people that they captured within, in a matter of days in, in the matamoros Brazil area. So that just gives you an idea of, of the traffic that's built, been building up in there. Um, that is why Brownsville was being staffed. Um, now, when be, that was before the actual fighting broke out. Now yeah. we, you know, we don't know the effect that the fighting is going to have on the numbers of people or how people are going to be able to cross. But one thing is, 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 we have to remember: nothing crosses that river, nothing crosses that border without the Gulf Cartel making a profit and giving permission. Uh, you know. Um, two weeks ago, when 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 the the, the migrants started crossing the Venezuelans, that that was sort of a, a backlash because the Gulf Cartel charges them to cross, if, if you know, and they were not crossing; they were basically camping, waiting to be able to uh, claim asylum. So then, what what some of them started doing on their own, they started crossing using inflatable rafts and 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 uh, air mattresses. Yeah. And that's when the Gulf Cartel got upset and started setting fire to some of their, uh, to the camps, to some of the tents. Uh -huh. That is when you saw that big group of people try to rush the bridge in Brownsville, and, and it caused that shutdown. Um, so that's why Brownsville was being staffed prior to all this. Now, everything has changed now that they're, they've gone to war and, they, you know, they, you have, you're having shootouts uh, between Matamoros and San Fernando. You're having shootouts between Rio, Reynosa and Rio Bravo. So we don't know how that is going to play out now. So try to try to give us a, a clear picture of the landscape in, let's say, the Brownsville area, right? How far is all this fighting happening from the border and the crowds of people that are massing up waiting to get in? Are they in any danger? Not the ones that are already in the city. So, yeah, they're already in the city. So the fighting is taking place south of Matamoros, you know, from the outskirts down south, about anywhere between 5 to 10 miles to about 50 miles when you reach San Fernando. So th there's plenty of, of, of room there. However, the migrants that are constantly, that are trying to make their way north are going to be uh, having, they may have a difficult time getting there because some of the highways are being blocked the, during these clashes they're having blockades traffic has come to a standstill in some areas so that's where the, uh, you know this could actually have an effect where it may actually deviate traffic maybe to Laredo or further out west hey Poncho thanks for the thanks for the report we, we appreciate it as usual yes. stay safe out Thank there you. that's Ildefonso Poncho Ortiz from Breitbart Texas Read more articles from across the border at Breitbart.com slash border. You're listening to News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. News Talk.
Talk 710 KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. And we mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news on News Talk 710 KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. In this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. Joining us right now on your 956 Drive Home, uh, this past weekend storm really hit us hard a lot of different places and uh, our furry friends at the palm valley animal society were no exception to this joining us right now to talk about that audrey gonzalez with palm valley animal society um so what uh what exactly happened over the weekend Hey, Zach. Thanks for having us on the show. So uh, we did receive quite a bit of damages, um, about, I would say, $30,000 of damage. And we really are asking for our community's help right now. Uh, We did have a couple of dog kennels that were damaged. Um, Some of our windows are shattered as well. So there's quite a bit of damage on our property right now. That sounds pretty heavy. How how many Mm -hmm. pets do you all manage? So at our Trenton location, we have about six to seven hundred, and uh, but in total, we have about twelve hundred. So that's a lot of pets that we have to keep nice and comfy daily, and that's not including the pets that we get in daily every single day. So you all had shattered windows, some of the the, the dog kennels broke. So what's happening right now? How are you all able to manage that? So we are asking for donations. Um, If you wish to donate any uh, kennels or monetary donations, anything right now really helps. And the way you can do that is either come uh, to our shelter, whether it's our Andrews location, our Trenton location. Uh, You can also visit our Facebook page. And anything that you donate, all of that goes towards our shelter animals. And, uh, yeah, we just, we really need our lifesavers right now. We want to keep our animals nice and comfy and in a safe area. Joining us on 710KURV is Audrey Gonzalez with Palm Valley Animal Society. Davis Rankin, your question. Do you, is there any difference in um, the conditions between uh, dogs and cats now? Uh, as far as what? Um. Well, in, in terms of crowdedness, and um, I would think it'd be easier oh, to jam so, a bunch of cats together than it would be a bunch of dogs. Oh, of course. Yeah, we definitely have them separated. Uh, we do have our cats that are altered and our cats that are unaltered separated, of course. Uh, and for our dogs, same thing. Um, we like to keep them separated, obviously, because, you know, cats are more comfortable with their own and dogs are more comfortable among dogs. Um, but yeah, that, that's basically the conditions that they are in. From the, after, after everything that happened with the storm and for the people that are just joining us, we're, we're joined by Audrey Gonzalez with the Palm Valley Animal Society. They had some, uh, pretty heavy damage at the Trenton facility and they managed a lot of pets and there were broken kennels and shattered windows and lots of damage to the building. And they're asking for your help right now. Uh, as far as the as far as the pets go, so how are how are y'all managing the the pets right now? How are the pets doing? 
They're doing okay. Um, we have them all in the same area right now, especially the ones that had their kennels damaged. Luckily, it wasn't too many kennels that were damaged. Uh, but, you know, we do need those replaced. Uh, it's very rare that we have um, a spare kennel available, especially because, you know, a lot are coming in daily. And the adoption rate versus the intake, it just does not equal out. So we really right. do need those kennels to be replaced so that way we can get more animals saved. What are some ways we can help alleviate your pet population from the facility? How can we help adopt and, and foster those? So um, for adopting, it's very simple. You just have to be 18 years of age, have a valid ID. Um, you can come into our facility, see all of the animals we have available. And when you do adopt, it, you're saving about three to $400. So it's quite a big savings that you have there. We also microchip them. They come with all of their vaccines. Um, they also come with their flea and tick treatments for two months. So you're getting a lot when you're adopting. And if adoption is not something you can do, Fostering is another option. Um, there's a lot of people that do like to foster, which is wonderful because that opens up kennels for, you know, for us to intake any more strays that are out there. And for fostering, it's the same thing. You can foster for just a day if you'd like for our tails around town. You can foster for the weekend if you want to do a slumber party and have a sleepover. And you can even foster mm. from two months, eight months, maybe a couple years. Maybe you'll fall in love with your foster and end up adopting. What about, um, do y'all need volunteers, warm bodies to help out? Yes, we are asking for volunteers. Um, you just have to be 16 years of age or older. Uh, if you're 12 or younger, you can come in with your parents. They can help us out as well, especially right now, so we can pick up any of the debris that is left over from the storm over at our Trenton Center. And if you wish to volunteer with us, uh, you can come into our facility, uh, talk to our front desk about it, or you can email us at volunteer at pbastx.org. I have a, I have about a, go, go ahead, Davey. Uh, actually, let me reintroduce our guest. Uh, Audrey Gonzalez is with the Palm Valley Animal Society. They are sounding the alarm. They could really use the help, not only with adoptions and fostering, but they could use some donations and warm bodies to help with the debris and help repair Palm Valley Animal Society's Trenton location. Uh, and, uh, Davis Rankin, go ahead with your question. Um, if you know, what's the smallest, uh, dog you have, um, by breed and what's the largest dog you have oh goodness well right now we're housing about three great danes so as you know great danes they're really big dogs and our, our tails are pretty big but i wouldn't say they're big enough to be comfortable for them you know it can cause a lot of stress and anxiety so if anyone's interested in a really big dog, Great Danes are wonderful. They're very relaxed kind of dogs, very friendly. I've interacted with them, and they are so sweet. And as far as our small dogs right now, our puppies. We have a lot of puppies mm -hmm. here, along with kittens as well, especially right now, you know, during the spring, summer months. That's when we get a lot of these little fur babies. Um, Audrey and I do a video weekly, uh, the pet of the week, and uh, recently we did put out a video showing some of the MVP pets, the ones that have been there longer than uh, most yeah. of the other ones. And the the situation that you that that we were trying to highlight was uh, with all the stimulus and excitement that happens inside of the facility. When you get them out in the open, they get real friendly and they warm up to you, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, that's one thing that 
that's why we encourage for people to come to our shelters because you're able to take them out. You're able to interact with them. And they are just so different. They love being outside. I mean, just like us humans, right? I mean, you don't want to be confined to a small area. You know, so they're able to blossom and really show us who they really are. And they're just so loving and so grateful for your affection and intention. But, yeah, our MVPs are normally with us more than 400 days. And that's a very long time to be surrounded by, I would say, 80 dogs, you know. And when that happens, all of that anxiety, all of that stress builds because, you know, you're hearing them barking all the time. And you have no idea what they're telling each other. They're probably scared and wondering, where am I? Who are these people? You know, some are owners surrendered. You can only imagine what they're feeling. So it's natural that our MVPs, you know, they tend to develop um, that stress and anxiety inside our shelter. But like I said, we have our wonderful enrichment team that takes them out for one hour every day. And they're able to play in their play groups. They put them together with other dogs that are, just as friendly as they are, or maybe just as playful as they are, and they thrive outside. And then once we bring them back to their kennels, of course, they, they change, you know, and they become very sad and distressed. And you can see it on their faces. And this is one of the reasons why we want to save as many animals as we can so that they don't experience those type of stresses and anxiety. Palm Valley Animal Society has 1,200 pets at least in their care. And I got about 60 seconds here, Audrey. Uh, we're sounding the alarm to get some help out there for the damages and to adopt these pets, give them a forever home. How can we do that? So please stop on by, see who we have for uh, for adoption or fostering. Um, also, if you wish to volunteer, please, please email us at volunteer at pbstx.org. We would really appreciate your help. We need all the help that we can get right now. There's $30,000 in damages, and we need to get this done now. So please, please contact us. Where can we call you at, Audrey? At 956-720-4593. Thank you very much. That's Audrey Gonzalez with the Palm Valley Animal Society. Check out pvastx.org. pvastx.org. For more information, we'll be back with more of your 956 Drive Home coming up after this on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. your day with news and interviews important to you with the Valley's Morning News. Weekday morning starting at 6. Sergio Sanchez and Tim Sullivan bring you the latest headlines and hourly discussions with AccuWeather to get you ready for your day and special guest interviews on topics that affect you and your family. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, guys. Well, let's now enjoy the show. It's what you need to start your day. The Valley's Morning News with Sergio Sanchez and Tim Sullivan. Weekday morning starting at 6 on News Talk 710 KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. Say hello to our friends at RGV Habitat for Humanity. Trisha Watts is the Director of Development and Communications, and she joins us now. Welcome to the program. Tell us about Habitat for Humanity. Hi, thank you all so much for having us on. 
a little bit about Habitat for Humanity. So we've been around in the Rio Grande Valley area since 1988, and we've been helping our low-income families in the area be able to qualify for mortgages that they traditionally would not be able to qualify for. And this helps them get out of those substandard living conditions that they're unfortunately currently living in, and they're able to be first-time homebuyers. Who are the, what's the application process like for Habitat for Humanity? Should they visit our website, uh, they can actually fill out the pre-screening questionnaire. And then from there, hopefully they can move on to the application process and then be considered if they do meet all the eligibility requirements uh, for a new home. Who, who are the, the types of people that can apply and qualify? Is it just anybody? No, so uh, most of our applicants all fall 60% or below the average median income. Well, and this, here in the RGV, it's a substantial amount of individuals. Joining us on 710 KURV is Trisha Watts, Director of Development and Communications for RGV Habitat for Humanity. Yeah, this is Davis Rankin. Uh, picking up on what you just said, and I, I don't know if you know the numbers, but how many... Give us the, the the income level and statistics so we can kind of gauge. I, I don't know what I don't know what percentage of the valley population is poor. I mean, as defined by the government or um, or sub below poor. I mean, we have some people living with in, in homes with dirt floors, as I understand it. So, do you have some figures? We do. We have. Uh, I don't have any figures right offhand right now, uh, but it is definitely a a majority of the population in the RGV. And as you mentioned, Davis, we do have several living out in rural areas or right outside of the, of the city limits. And they are living in dilapidated homes, some with no running water and no electricity. Some are living within the city, but yet living in the type of situations where there are maybe like 10 people living in a two-bedroom apartment. Is that something that... Usually single-parent families is is what we come across a lot. You think this is something, I don't know what, if there's city regulations of any sort or regulations of any sort that prohibit that kind of... um, that, that kind of population, or is it, you think... Since it's so common here, we just, which I don't have a problem with, believe me, looking the other way, unless unless there's a problem, we we just don't notice it. Right. Unfortunately, if it's uh, oftentimes, if it's not directly impacting you, uh, then it's probably uh, not something that you're aware of. And I don't mean you specifically, but the you in general. Joining us on 710KURV is Trisha Watts, the Director of Development and Communications at yeah. Habitat for Humanity, well, RGV Habitat for Humanity. And uh, wh- what are some ways that, that people can help you? What What do you all need help with? So we definitely always appreciate the donations of, let's say you have some gently used furniture at home or some appliances or anything else that might help someone in need of that item, you can always donate to our resource, which is basically an arm of of our organization. Uh, We 
get donations from Hobby Lobby, I'm sorry, from Home Depot, from Lowe's, uh, from different building supply stores, McCoy's. And what we do is we sell Lowe's new or gently used items. We resell them at a heavily discounted price, and we use the profits to help fund our mission in the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, these people who apply for homes with us, if they do end up being the ones who are selected by our family selection committee, then they actually also put in 300 hours of sweat equity, which, of course, is invested in them building their, their home that they'll eventually be living in. Sweat equity. I love that, that idea. <laughs> and they also don't pay any interest on the home, so it's at 0% interest. So that's why these individuals normally would not qualify for a traditional mortgage. But through our program, um, often they're able to make that that dream of theirs a, a reality as far as owning their own home. And and sweat equity, it's not like me and Davey just show up and we're we're just overseeing, hey, you guys are That's putting right. that thing you on wrong. You missed the wrong. spa right there. You missed the place. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. They're they're actually contributing to it. They get some guidance and then they're able to assist with the building of their own home. And in addition to the the item donations that we take, of course, any type of monetary donations and sponsorships are always welcome because that that is one of the primary ways on how we are able to to fund what it is that we're doing in the Valley. And we do have event fundraisers throughout the year, and one of them is actually coming up in just a few weeks. Joining us on 710 KURV is the Director, and Devel- Sorry. Yeah, the Director of Development and Communications for RGV Habitat for Humanity, Trisha Watts. Yeah, yeah, tell us about those events that are coming up. Yes, yeah, so the next one coming up is actually an inaugural event for us. We've This is going to be our first clay shoot fundraiser, and it's happening on the morning of Saturday, May 13th. So, I mean, we've, we've gotten a great response to it. We're, we think it's going to be a fantastic event and something else to bring the community together and help them aim for a cause. The other one that we have is our annual, well, probably our biggest annual fundraiser, which is our Mighty Homes of Hope, and that normally happens in the fall. So hopefully a little closer to that time, I'll be able to give you all some more details about just how everything's going to come into play for that event. Uh, Davis Rankin, your question. Are you a, uh, um, are you a good wing, sh- wing shooter? Will you be participating in the clay thingy? <laughs> um, I will definitely be there. I'll probably be running around trying to take care of all the oh. details uh, I have attempted to shoot before. And prior to that, I had never held a gun in my life. Oh, so so, so it, it is fun as long as you have guidance and you're safe about it. And Davis is but offering to hold the target for you. Yes, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure you provide. I don't know how safe that would be. It would be terribly unsafe. It would be like a page out of William Tell, <laughs> but but he he likes that sort of thing. Uh, for those that want to get more information about your events coming up and for RGV Habitat for Humanity, where can they go? They can visit our website at habitatrgv.org. I'm sorry, at habitatrgv.com, or they can also visit our. Facebook page or visit our Instagram page and we've got information on there. Uh, we're also currently partnering with uh, McAllen Roofing who is running a social media campaign that is helping to raise funds for us as well. So for every like, we get a dollar. Oh, 
Okay, so check out the Habitat, the RGV, it's specifically the RGV Habitat for Humanity Facebook page and Instagram for more of the things that are happening with you guys. Thanks a lot for stopping by and giving us the heads up. Trisha Watts is with RGV Habitat for Humanity, joining us on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands, your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.